0: Hey guys, it's Timmy this is Wrestling Unlimited as it's Friday and this is the Wrestling Wrap-Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video. As far as today's show does go, we do have 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10-ish stories we are going to talk about. The final two stories can be considered spoiler alerts, so we will put... At that time, if it wants to load, now it doesn't want to load up, we will put... uh, And now this graphic up on the screen when it becomes time. tell you that we are going to talk some spoilers. We got a spoiler possibly for tonight on SmackDown and a spoiler possibly for the... Excuse me. The Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. Again, potential spoilers. Nothing like it's gonna happen... Per se, but we got potential spoilers as far as the stories we got today. Talking about Vince McMahon being, I guess you can say, what is being reported as a hindrance to the WWE sale. So backstage news on the Cody Paul Heyman stuff from this past Monday Night Raw. We're also going to talk about the police not, the police not being called after the MJF promo this week. And so much more because this is the Wrestling Wrap Up. A handful of news brought to you in one easy-to-watch video every Monday and Friday at roughly 11 to 11.30 a.m. Pacific, right here. Either live on YouTube.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited or Patreon.com. No, Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited. Remember, you can also catch the show later as a video on demand on YouTube or podcast services all around the globe like Stitcher, Spotify, Google Pod, Apple Pod, Anchor, iHeartRadio, and so much more. Remember over there, whether it's Stitcher or Apple Music or Google Play Music or whatever, give us a five-star rating and let them know what you like about the program, whether it is this show, the Wrestling Wrap-Up, our Monday Night Raw review, our SmackDown review, our Dynamite review, or a pay-per-view review. Let them know over there what you think. Remember, if you are watching live on Twitch, you can help us out a couple of different ways. You can either help us out by hitting that donate button down below or by donating Twitch bits in the live chat. Also, remember, you can help us out by subscribing to the channel one of two different ways. You can either subscribe with a tiered subscription or you can subscribe with Amazon Prime. Because remember, if you have Amazon Prime, then you have Prime Gaming. Prime Gaming gives you a lot of cool things like free games. Free stuff of four games, and it always gives you one free subscription to any Twitch channel you want to subscribe to throughout the month. And I'd greatly appreciate it if you did right here, Pro Wrestling Unlimited. Also, remember, you can head over to patreon.com forward slash Pro Wrestling Unlimited and support us over there. Or go over to YouTube and become a channel member. As a channel member, you get early access to news, early access to podcast episodes, early access to non-news videos, and so much more. More and finally, head over to the Epic Game Store. Head over to the Epic Game Store and buy something. Whether you're buying a new game, whether you're buying an old game, whether you're claiming one of the free games or getting bucks for Rocket League, Fortnite, Fall Guys, or Rumbleverse, use our code right here, PW Unlimited, at checkout, and you will be supporting us at no extra cost. And yes, like I said, even if you're claiming the free game that already doesn't cost you anything when you claim it, put in the code. PWU and L I M I T E D, and you will be supporting us either whether that is on the Epic Game Store or on the PlayStation Xbox or Nintendo Switch for Fortnite, Fall Guys, or not Rumbleverse, but um Rocket League. As far as the free games right now do go on the Epic Game Store, I think those just updated. Let me double check. They updated yesterday, and the free games currently are. Let's see, is it one or two free games? Is it one or two free games? Where are the free games? Free games, free games, free games. What the? Epic Game Store wigging out on me, not wanting to show me what the free games are. Come on, Epic Game Store. And it just froze. Free games. That's weird. It is not showing any free games right now. Usually scroll down just a tidbit, just a tidbit, and then it'll show you the free games. There we go. Free games right now is Recipe for Disaster. Fun game. And then next week we will have War Pips. So if you go and claim Recipe for Disaster, you can support us right on the Epic Game Store. But as far as news itself does go and stories and whatnot, the first one we have to talk about is about one Vincent J. McMahon. Actually, no, J. is his father, Vincent K. McMahon, Vincent Kennedy McMahon. We all know that Vince McMahon came back for the sale of WWE. He's on the board of directors. He's actually the executive chairman of the board, overseeing the sale and so forth. But according to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he does state that Vince may have become somewhat of a hindrance and been very controversial as far as talks of the sale do go, as Dave Meltzer stated the following. In a story CNBC wrote regarding the interview, they noted that Vince McMahon's potential future involvement has become an, easy, an early sticking point in talks with various buyers. Meltzer would then continue by stating, because of the payoffs, uh, Because of the payoffs to a number of women regarding affairs and allegations that some of these situations were non-consensual, McMahon's return to the company and involvement in the sale talks have been very controversial. The economics of WWE are very strong and look only stronger going forward unless there is a collapse or decline of media rights fees. But WWE looks to be strong enough to where it's not someone in the middle who may be crunched out, a position more likely to affect other wrestling companies and television declines, and streaming companies don't see them as game changers. At this stage of the game, the belief is that McMahon's presence is a hindrance and not a help in these negotiations. Although, as the latest stockholder, largest stockholder, he is also the key beneficiary financially if and when the sale goes down and, for that reason, forced his way into the process. So, basically, they're saying that, you know, they don't want to talk to Vince. They know everything that happened with Vince and why Vince was pushed out last year, and they don't want him around if they buy the company. It's per se, different companies and whatnot, We don't know 100% who WWE is speaking with, but we do know that it sounds like they don't want to speak with Vince. They don't want anything to do with Vince, and they don't want the potential of, all right, so we want to buy WWE. Oh, wait, Vince wants to put in a clause that he's in charge or he's around and this and that. No, that's what it sounds like. It sounds like that's not what's happening, and that now Vince trying to weasel his way back in through the sale is more of a hindrance than anything. Now Meltzer also addressed how much key executives would make if WWE were to be sold for eight billion, which is the current market evaluation. WWE CEO Nick Khan, or and Meltzer did state, let's see, um, it says uh, Vince McMahon would pocket two billion. Five hundred and fifty two million nine hundred sixty nine thousand five hundred and fifty eight dollars That is how much money he would pocket from the sale, like cash in his hand per se. Stephanie McMahon would bring in and make one hundred and seventy million eight hundred and forty two thousand four hundred and fifteen dollars Linda McMahon would make fifty million. $320,030. Kevin Dunn would make $24,205,410. Nick Khan would make $13,837,200. Frank Riddick would make $10,931,948. And Paul Triple H Levesque would make $8,323,822. Now, as far as the Nick Khan thing does go, it is also being stated that, and this is like a previous report from weeks ago that if Nick Khan can sell the WWE for a specific number or higher, we don't know what that specific number is, he can make himself a cool extra 45 to $50 million, if not more. So, yeah, very wild stuff here, and it's like, Vince is going to make this money, this billion, whether he is on the board negotiating the deal or not. So it's like, why did he need to put himself back in this? If not for one thing to make sure the company is sold to somebody that might want to keep him around. And that's now just me editorializing me, assuming me, uh, you know, speaking out of turn and whatnot. But it is very interesting that some that WWE are talking to don't want to talk to Vince. Vince, don't want Vince in negotiations. And that's very, very, I guess you could say, scary when it comes to WWE wanting to get this deal done in three months. And now, here's the other thing that we're hearing as well. The reason WWE wants this deal done in the next three months is because in like four or five months, they start TV negotiation rights talks. And they don't want now this is me, this is all unconfirmed, but stuff that we have heard, they don't want to go into the next talks and start having companies either give him, give them equal or less of an evaluation for rights fees, and that hurt the potential number of the sale. Basically, they want the sale done before the rights fees talks, so that way, say right now they're getting... We'll do the Peacock deal, for instance. A billion dollars over five years. But what if, and this deal's not up for years and years and years, but we'll use the Peacock deal for an example because we know the number there. What if WWE then goes and renegotiates the Peacock deal before the sale, and they say well, we thought we were going to do this with the WWE Network and we thought we would make this much off of it, but we only really made this much off of it, so you're not really worth a billion for five years. Maybe we'll give you $700 million for five years. It's just me throwing out a number. That would then in turn per stock and evaluation drop the evaluation and the worth of WWE because Universal and Peacock would be saying that they are not worth what they once were or thought they were. So WWE, from what I've heard, wants to get this sale done before the, the rights fee negotiations start. So that way, negotiations don't go away they maybe don't want, that leak out, and that hurt their negotiating power for the sale as far as their valuation going down. Wall Street evaluates them at six point, let's see, um, Wall Street, I uh, uh, Wall Street currently evaluates WWE at $6.8 billion, but but there is the possibility that WWE could be sold for more, upwards of $8 billion. So we'll see where all this leads to. I doubt Vince is going to take himself off the board just because others don't want to talk to him. So, ooh, 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 this is not good. This is not good at all. All. But something that was really good, like tremendous, was the Cody Rhodes, Paul Heyman segment from this week's Monday Night Raw. And we have a little backstory, I guess you could say, or a little, some backstage details, (coughs) excuse me, regarding, (coughs) excuse me, (coughs) regarding that story itself. As far as how that segment all came together. According to Dave Meltzer in the latest Wrestling Observer Newsletter, he wrote the following. Heyman was originally not booked to appear on the show. He was always going to be in Orlando because Brock Lesnar was booked on the show, and Heyman is a key part of all creative when it comes to Roman Reigns, Brock Lesnar, and Ronda Rousey. That, though, changed during last week. The concept of what was planned late last week and what ended up happening was completely different. The final product was largely put together by Heyman and Rhodes in the direction. Both wanted to take it. The very much behind the scenes key was to make this into the ultimate top match of the year. Since that is what the world title match at WrestleMania is. So there we go. Very cool to hear that both Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes were super hands on with this, that Basically, the segment was put together by them, and they got to do and say whatever they wanted, kind of, per se, is what it sounds like. You know, it's a, the, the report states that both Heyman and Rhodes got to take this in a direction they both wanted to take it. And as we saw, this was phenomenal. This was great. This was fantastic. We've got one more Monday Night Raw before Elimination Chamber, and then after Elimination Chamber, they can start bringing Roman in and just... Ooh, Full sale, six more weeks to WrestleMania. Roman's got to get through some Sami Zayn stuff next weekend. Is it really next weekend? Next weekend, yeah, at Elimination Chamber a week from tomorrow. Then we move on to the real final stretch and road to WrestleMania. But I thought that was really cool to hear that both Paul Heyman and Cody Rhodes had large inputs into this segment what they were going to say, how it was going to go down. And I saw some people trying to go, Michael Hayes was the producer for this match. That means that he was in charge of the physicality that took place. What physicality? The handshake? No. Some people just don't understand what the producer's role is in WWE. Now, going off on a little tangent really fast, the producer role in WWE can be a myriad of different things. If it's a match, And sometimes the producer comes up with the finish. Sometimes the producer comes up with spots in the match. Sometimes the producer lays out the entire match for people. And sometimes the producer just says, Hey, you're winning. You're losing. It's got to be a pin per the booking decisions of triple H go from there. And sometimes they say, you're winning. You're losing. You have to make you tap out. But when it comes to something like this segment, Michael Hayes, and now this is me just speaking off, off kilt, <clears throat> and not knowing 100% for sure, but most likely Michael Hayes was probably just the listed producer to A, convey to the two men in the segment how much time was allotted for their segment, to relay back to Triple H and Road Dog and William Regal and Bruce Pritchard or whoever what they were planning for the segment then give those notes back to Heyman and Cody and go from there. Like the producer for segments like this typically is just the mediary between creative and superstars. So when there were reports the other day of Michael Hayes was the producer, which means that he was in charge of making sure all the physicality was to his liking, and this, there was no physicality. That's bullshit. That's stupid. That's dumb. to even try to put that out on some website and Twitter and Facebook and whatever. But no, Michael Hayes was not in charge of the physicality here. It was most likely in charge of relaying how much time they have per show being booked out, telling them, you've got, I don't know how long the segment went, 12 minutes. What do you guys want to do? They then say, We're going to do this, this, this. Paul's going to come out this time. Cody's going to do this before Paul comes out. And then Paul's going to come out. And then they're going to talk like this and that. Boom. Then they relay that back to creative. Creative either says, go for it. Or here's something we want to change. Then he goes back to the. Basically in segments like, like I said, and now I'm beating a dead horse. In segments like this, the producer is more than likely just the middleman. Between creative and talent. So Michael Hayes. Maybe gave input, maybe had a hand in the segment, but it doesn't seem like it. It seems like this is all put together by Cody and um, Paul Heyman, and there we go. Hayes was just listed as the producer because somebody needed to be the producer to oversee the segment itself. Now, as far as producing segments, according to WrestleVotes on Twitter, WWE is producing Hollywood vignettes For Wrestlemania this year. According to WrestleVotes. They do tweet out the following. I'm hearing WWE. Had begun filming brand new movie parody promos. Similar to those from Wrestlemania 21. Miz. McIntyre. Sheamus. Brutes. And Street Profits. All expected to be included. In the promos for Wrestlemania Goes Hollywood. Now we do not know exactly what movies they're parodying. We don't know when these were filmed. We don't know how long each of these are going to be, if there's going to be multiple people in singular promos and stuff. But it's really cool to see that they're going back and doing these again. WWE has been touting up the old ones. And I think they're going to, and I think that was deliberate. Tout up the old ones. Get fans like, oh man, we want more. Those were so cool. Da, 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 da. And then go, oh, you want, you want more? You like them? Here's new ones. Here's new ones. That was a cool little news note I wanted to bring to you guys. Just uh, say, hey, WWE's doing it again. Doing the Hollywood vignette parodies yet again. They had some really good ones back in the day. Like, you talking to me? You talking to me? They had the one, the Harry Met Sally one with Christy Hemi. They had the Braveheart one with Triple H, which now I think they should redo with Drew McIntyre. That would be really cool. So, there's a lot, a lot, a lot of things they can do. And they can do different movies. WrestleMania 21 was almost 20 years ago. So there's a lot of movies from then to now that they can parody. Fucking Step Brothers is one that first pops into my head. Uh, Another Will Ferrell movie. Anchorman is another one that pops into my head. It's just like comedies that they can parody. If I'm thinking of non-comedies they can parody, ooh, that's a tough one. What are some big non-comedy movies of the last 20 years? Let me see. Biggest movies of the last 20 years. Some of the biggest movies of the last 20 years that maybe they can <clears throat> do little parodies of. Uh, maybe they can spoof Harry Potter. That would be an interesting one. Um, Let's see. Avatar. Maybe they could spoof Avatar. Any of the Marvel movies, Avengers and so forth. Um, just trying to look at some other ones. The Matrix. They didn't do anything with the first Matrix back at WrestleMania 21. So maybe they do something with The Matrix. Maybe they spoof Inglorious Bastards. That would be a funny one. Oh, brother, where art thou? I mean that was before WrestleMania 21, but it maybe maybe maybe. Um uh, looking at some other movies that they could spoof. Uh 300. 300 would be a really fun one with like Sheamus in the gladiator role. I'd like to see that one. I'd like to see that one. Or or Gladiator, but no, I would like to see I think Sheamus in the main you know the main character role of that. 300 would be a really fun one to do with Sheamus. Again, like I said, Avatar would be an interesting one to see. American Gangster would be an interesting one that they um parody. There's a lot of options here that they can parody that would suit what WWE did before the hangover. The hangover would be another one. I mean the list does go on. There's so many, so many, so many that they can they can spoof. But as we keep on keeping on here, we're going to get into a stretch. Where we're going to talk about some injuries in both WWE and All Elite Wrestling. First up, we got some news. Well, some info. I don't know if everyone would call this news, but some info on former multi-time WWE World Champion, Randall Keith Orton as um, Dave Meltzer's. Uh, dropped a small note about Randy Orton's progress in this week's wrestling observer newsletter stating the following: "We've heard no wrestling updates on him currently. But his back injuries were very serious. And a few months ago, there were concern about whether he'd be able to return, or at best, it would be a long time, which is already which it already has been." So, man, this really does stink for Randy Orton, that there's still no timetable on when he can return. There's no real notion and note of, all right, so Randy's progressing. Maybe he can come back at this time. Maybe he can come back here, there. No. No one still knows anything at all, which is, I guess you could say disheartening and sad to some point. I really, really, really want Randy Orton back. He's one of my favorites of all time. But, but, if his back is as serious as they think, don't come back. Don't risk your health for our entertainment. If this is it for Randy Orton, then that's it for Randy Orton. Don't be like one of these guys that go, I can tough it out, or, ah, I can come back. Ah, I've been gone long enough. No. If they literally say, you're done, you're done, maybe in... Five, ten, six, seven, eight, nine years or whatever, you can come back, pull an edge. Don't risk it. Don't risk it at all. <clears throat> also, we do know that one NXT superstar is currently dealing with an injury, and that is JD McDonough. Uh, Dave Meltzer wrote, "Quote: JD McDonough suffered an eye injury on NXT and." We'll be out of action. It's all the news that we really have. Don't know exactly what kind of an eye injury it is. Hopefully, maybe he just got poked in the eye. Hopefully it's not an orbital bone injury because that's you're usually out for a long time. but JD McDonough will miss some action due to an eye injury and finally, switching over to aew here for a moment. to talk about the bunny from this past week on aew Dynamite. This is Dave Meltzer did write the following. No, it's not Dave Meltzer. Sorry about that. It is Mike Johnson over at PW Insider. As he did write the following regarding the bunny or Allie and her injury or supposed injury from this week's Dynamite as he wrote the following. As we noted earlier this week, the AEW Dynamite bout between AEW Women's Champion Jamie Hayter and the bunny went to a finish prematurely after concern about the bunny having possibly been injured during the bout. The belief backstage was that she may have suffered a concussion or even a possible broken orbital bone, but that has not been 100% confirmed. We are told that the bunny is slated to undergo medical testing ASAP in order to diagnose the potential injury, and we wish her well, and so do we. We hope that she doesn't miss much time, but again, don't rush anything. If you're hurt, if you're injured, if you're not 100%, you don't need to wrestle. You may want to, but don't risk getting hurt worse. That's all I got to say. Don't risk getting hurt worse. My kids play sports all year round. My son has played tackle football for the last five years. I've seen a few boys on his football team suffer a concussion and come back too early and get hurt even worse. And instead of missing couple of weeks, which with a concussion, you don't know, but instead of potentially missing a couple of weeks. I mean, there, there was one situation where the concussion was three years ago and the kid still hasn't recovered as far as being cleared. Three years ago. So that would have been, I think it was, no. It was a 2020 season. It was, it was September 2020. Didn't play last year he didn't play 2021 so well, this would be this fall would be the third season if he does or doesn't play so yeah if it is a concussion don't risk the biscuit don't risk it for the biscuit don't come back sooner than rather than later as we learned with Adam Cole he didn't rush it he stayed out for 7 months before he was able to return <clears throat> Before we get into, let's see, um, we're going to jump around here just a tiny bit from what I have listed as my next story, because I want to give some time to something else. So, as we all learned, Jerry the King Lawler suffered a stroke this past week at his home in Florida. It was stated that he was found face down in the parking lot of his home in Florida, rushed to the hospital, ended up suffering some sort of paralysis, Ended up having to undergo surgery. But one good thing we have heard is that Jerry Lawler is out of the ICU. Lawler is expected to be discharged from the hospital today and will return to his Florida residence for outpatient treatment. The social media account posted an update regarding the Hall of Famer's condition Thursday afternoon stating, Jerry is out of the ICU and will return to his Florida home for outpatient rehab for his limited speech and cognitive skills. doctor's hopeful for a full recovery, and Jerry is looking forward to returning to his fans very soon. So that is great to hear. Do not expect Jerry Lawler on the pre-show panel for next week's Elimination Chamber pay-per-view. He's got a long road to recovery. Also, Jerry Lawler, let's see, had his last match just recently, too. He's still been active. I don't think he comes back from this one. He came back from the the heart attack. I don't think he comes back from this one. His last match was two weeks ago. He worked a match for AML where he defeated the Beer City Bruiser on the 21st of January. I think that's it for Jerry Lawler. I think that might have been Jerry Lawler's last match. I just, I don't see with, with every, with, Everything that happened to him in this, th- with this heart attack or or stroke, I mean the heart attack he recovered from fine, with the stroke, paralysis, the speech p- speech speech issues, uh, me not being able to talk, the issues of him not being able to use his uh, his extremities on the right side for a little while, just all of that and his age, I don't think he wrestles again. I could be wrong. I just I don't think we see. Jerry the King Lawler actually wrestle ever again, unfortunately. And I mean, as I keep saying, don't risk it. After this, don't risk it. I know you could say, well, Ric Flair died and came back and wrestled another match. But did you just see that match? Did you just see that match? It wasn't good at all. Now, we're going to talk about some concerning things as far as fans do go, where... You people, maybe that's the wrong term to use, but many, 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 many pro wrestling fans got got after Dynamite. Got got. So MJF got this promo talking about how back in the day he was in a car accident. And in that car accident, he had a girl in his car named Liv and they crashed into a tree. Her head hit the windshield. He thought maybe she was dead. And then... When he realized she wasn't dead, he still took her lifeless body, threw her in the driver's seat. He jumped in the passenger seat. That way he didn't get in trouble when the cops showed up. Well, a very notorious Facebook group that I'm not even going to... Well, no, I'm going to name the name so you guys know. The 434. You ever heard of the 434? they full of shit. Always. I thought it was widely known that they make all their stuff up for comedy purposes. That they rarely post anything themselves that's true if ever that everything they state is made up stuff they've admitted to it in the past that when we report something ourselves and not aggregate it from somebody else we're not telling the truth we're making stuff up to be funny but a lot of times that stuff actually what's the word swerves fans because fans can't tell the difference sometimes And they noted that apparently, after that promo by MJF, the Nassau Police Department received over 300 calls trying to turn in MJF. Well, when I saw that it was from the 434, because at first someone sent me a Twitter headline kind of deal, like a graphic that was like over 300 fans called the Nassau police department in response to MJF's promo this week on dynamite. And I'm like, well, where the hell is this coming from? But the, the Twitter graphic I saw didn't quote or give them credit. Then I eventually saw this from the four, three, four. And I went, don't even need to look more into this. It's not true. It's not real, whatever. Yet more. And more people started sending it to me and more and more people started going, no, it's real. It's real. It's got to be real. Why would someone report that it's not real? And so ESPN's Mark Ramondi would actually go as far as to reach out to the Nassau Police Department about this, about this fake Facebook report stating the following. Not to break kayfabe. But I contacted the Nassau County NYPD, and reports that hundreds of people have called about the MJF promo from AEW doesn't seem to be true. The public information officer didn't know what I was talking about and said such calls would go to his office. I've heard from several people who have said that there is truth to the original story. Either way, it was a phenomenal, sinister, disturbing promo by MJF, and... The question of whether something is real or not is what wrestling is all about. So, huge win for him and AEW. Now, a little backstory. According to Brian Alvarez, on yesterday's Wrestling Observer Live, he said there is some slight truth to the story that MJF told. He stated that MJF was not in a car with a girl named Liv. He was not even in a car with a girl at all. He was in his car with some other guys from his football team when he did accidentally hit the gas instead of the brake and crashed into a tree. That all is true. But the part of, there was a girl there bobbing my knob, sucking me off, and I lost control because I was distracted by her, and then I did the switcheroo, that was all made up. But the car accident itself was the primer for the promo as far as there was this time when he accidentally hit the gas instead of the brake, and crashed into a tree with his football buddies in the car. Not a girl named Liv. So, there we go. It's not a true story as far as the promo goes. And it's not a true story that fans, over 300 fans, called the police about it. No, it's not true at all. And if you believe that story, well, you got got. I just can't believe somebody like Mark Ramondi would have gone this deep as far as calling the police department themselves to see if it's true or not. I, I thought everybody knew that the 434 was a quote-unquote satire at times, if not most times, group. But I guess I was wrong, and not as many people knew that they were. I mean, they're as satire most of the time as kayfabe news. where Everyone knows kayfabe news is, is basically the wrestling version of The Onion. 434 tries to be the same as well at times, making stuff up. They tried to sometimes make it less known that what they're doing is fake and try to swerve fans, but they're never shy about going, oh yeah, what we do is make up stories for entertainment purposes just to see how people would react to it. They've never once said, we don't lie, we don't make stuff up, at least in my knowledge of knowing their existence. Every time someone's ever called them out that I've seen, they've always been like, oh yeah, well, duh. We mix stuff up to see how people react and for entertainment purposes. So there we go. There we go. Now we're gonna get into two potential spoilers. One for the elimination chamber and one for tonight's Friday night SmackDown. So if you don't wanna be spoiled, we're gonna do it in five, four, three, two one let's go according to Dave Meltzer in this week's wrestling observer newsletter. He does state that there is a slight possibility that well, Austin theory walks out of the elimination chamber with the United States championship because theory taped a television show this week that does not air until March and was seen with the U S title during the taping. Now that doesn't mean hundred percent that he's retaining the belt, but it is something to look into. It is something to keep in the back of your mind. It is something to be cognizant about. Because here's the thing with, with, with which here's the thing that could happen here. Austin Theory does retain the title and then moves on to doing a quote unquote open challenge for WrestleMania and is well accepted by one John Cena who created the U.S. Title Open Challenge in WWE. So there is a good possibility. That Austin Theory walks out. Elimination Chamber the champ. Because well he filmed something that airs after Elimination Chamber. With the belt on his shoulder. And as far as tonight's Friday night. Smackdown does go Friday night. Smackdown is tonight from Connecticut I want to say. Mohegan Sun. And it is being reported by Mike Johnson. Over at PW Insider that several fans have spotted former WWE Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion Ronda Rousey in town. This would seemingly imply that she is set to return on tonight's Friday Night SmackDown, but not 100% a guarantee. Yet, they don't just bring Ronda Rousey in for nothing. They bring Ronda in when they're going to use Ronda. So, possible spoiler here that Ronda appears and returns on tonight's Friday Night SmackDown. We do know that the plans for Ronda for WrestleMania is for her to um, challenge with Shayna for the women's tag titles. But here's the thing. Charlotte is defending the title against Sonya tonight. So, well, supposed to. Supposed to. Because WWE.com does not have that listed as of right now, 1.07 p.m. Pacific, and I can double-check on that. Yes, WWE still does not have that match listed, but Charlotte is supposed to defend the Women's Championship tonight against Sonya Deville, so maybe she defeats her, and then Ronda comes out after and makes a challenge for Elimination Chamber? I don't know. But there is a very high probability that Ronda is on the show tonight. Spoiler's going away in 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Let's move on. With that, guys, that's all we got for today's wrestling wrap-up. That will wrap up the wrap-up. Um, I'm seeing some stuff in the chat. Uh, Vegeta Lover says, Moltov, what? Well, I'm going to read you guys something really fast. AEW Fight Forever. Yes, RB. So AEW Fight Forever has been given a T 14 rating. And when you go to the ESRB website, which is the basically governing body that in the United States gives the ratings to video games, they did state, because you say Molotov, what? They did state that as far as this game does go, players use punches, kicks, and grappling maneuvers to drain their opponent's health. And in some match types, example, barbed wire, stadium stampede unsanctioned, players can use barbed wire, baseball bats metal chairs, and Molotov cocktails against opponents, eventually resulting in submission and slash or knockouts. Yes, according to the ESRB, you can grab a Molotov cocktail in AEW Fight Forever and throw it at your opponent. You are right, Michael Wallace. I am all backwards and messed up. Charlotte and Sonya was last week. Never mind. I apologize. I do apologize. I was all twisted around because I honestly forgot about last week's SmackDown and that match taking place. But the Molotov thing does come from the ESRB, and they are not going to put that as far as the rating summary on their website if it's not something that they experienced in the game when rating the game T for Teen, and it is rated T for Teen for blood, language, mild suggestive themes, use of alcohol and tobacco, and violence. So... Somebody is smoking a smoking a dart in AEW Fight Forever, it seems like. Seems like somebody is smoking either a Siggy or a, or a Stogie in this game. Who? I don't know. But, but there's potential tobacco use in AEW Fight Forever. With that, guys, that's all we got for you. As far as tonight's Friday night smackdown does go, two things are. Being advertised for the shows. Let's pull that up on the screen right here. We do have this for WWE.com. Again, WWE.com. And why am I not seeing anything? Here we go. WWE.com is currently advertising. down Tag Team Championships will be on the line when the Usos defend their titles against the tournament winners Braun Strowman and Ricochet. Big question. Will Jay Uso show up? Also, we do have a Fatal 4-Way number one contenders match for the Intercontinental Championship. It'll be Madcap Moss, Rey Mysterio carrying Cross, and uh, uh, Santos Escobar. One good thing to note here is that it was going around that Rey was injured in the Cross match the night before the Royal Rumble. That's why he wasn't in the Rumble, but he is advertised for this match here tonight. So it seemingly would tell you, hey, well, Rey's cleared and good to go. So with that, guys, that's going to wrap everything up here for the wrestling wrap-up. Now this stuff won't go off my screen. So with that, I want to say thank you for joining me here. Twitch.tv forward slash PWUnlimited or YouTube.com forward slash Pro wrestling Unlimited. Or if you're watching or listening later, whether that's YouTube or podcast services all around the globe, we really do appreciate it. We'll be back live tonight for Friday Night SmackDown, so have a great rest of your Friday. We'll see you next time. Have a good one, guys.